welcome to episode 404 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. He is furiously writing down on a comically small notepad with a, uh, a mechanical pencil that was established in the, in the late 1970s. It's Russell John the Fisherman. Hi, how are you? Russell, are you wearing a green shirt because you were supporting the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl today? Exactly. Go Birds! Randy Michael Stat, who are you pulling for? <laughs> I'm not telling you the other team. I just looked it up about 10 seconds ago. Kansas oh. City Chiefs. All right, who you got? You got the Chiefs. You got the Eagles. Are, are the two best teams in the NFL? Have I watched a single game this entire season? No, I have not. The only one I'm going to watch is the one today. And we're going to quit talking about this in about 45 seconds. But Randy, who you got? Uh, I'm going Eagles based on absolutely nothing. Go Birds. Because you do you prefer Philadelphia over Kansas City? I suppose so. I don't think I've been to Kansas City, though. You never gigged in KC? I don't believe so. No, I probably played some like... Suburb of Casey. Oh, there we go. Randy would be on the suburb tour. <laughs> Kansas City tumber, suburb tour. Yep, that bit died. <laughs> uh, joining us is Oksana Valerian about Osachi. Welcome back. Hi, thank you. Yes, Oksana, fresh off baby duty. <laughs> this is every day now. Well, that's what happens. <laughs> I mean. When you have a baby. So what's the... What's the chief's actual mascot? Whoa! Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this what, is what, what do we get? What do you? What do you mean? Like the oh the the actual manifestation of uh, their chosen She's uh, moniker you, as a mascot expert, having been one in your high school. Yeah. What, what costume would you put on? To they run have. I on think the they have some sort of figurine or something. It's not. It's not a. Uh, it's not a representation of a Native American. I think it's an animal or something. I. I don't. I really don't know. Do they have a cool, catchy like chant or anything that you could do for this? They. They. I don't. The chief. <laughs> Poor man. Oh, you're not a chief fan. I'm not an NFL fan anymore. Oh. I don't care about the NFL. Hot take, dude. No. Then why I, are you saying we have to end the show early so you could go watch? This Super is Bowl? the one. There are 365 <laughs> days in a year. This is the one day where I'm going to watch an NFL game. What? That's I thought it. you were a Saints fan. Saints. We don't have to talk about the Saints anymore. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there's there's a certain amount of of hurt that one can take. There's a certain amount of betrayal that one can take and one can muster. And there's also a certain amount of fuckery that one can take and one can muster. And it was a uh, it was a confluence of all those events. Uh, that led to me not worrying about the New Orleans Saints this year. Plus, it's very difficult for me to watch games out here because of uh, I I don't get involved in the uh, techie streamy things. What NFL blacks out all the games? Yeah. So geographically, it's very difficult for me to watch New Orleans Saints games. I'm I'm just shocked you don't go for the NFL Network or whatever. No, you. Th- it's it's all through Directv. Oh, they yeah. again Monopoly. Roger Goodell is the <laughs> devil. All right. Go to a bar and watch it with people. <laughs> Weird shot. <laughs> it's no, good to I have you back. I I have lo- no, that. there's no reason for me to go to. There may be like 
There used to be like, oh, go to the Saints bar. COVID killed all that shit. There's no communities anymore. COVID killed all of the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> COVID killed the Saints. And this is why we get flagged on because YouTube. Because Roger Goodell, very few people know this. He started coronavirus 19. Oh, I've always said that. Yeah. He yeah. was the one eating the bat taco. <laughs> that was him. A taco, which is a sandwich. Oh, that, uh, that devastating a bat, bat torta. Dude, that devastating argument came up again last night as we were playing uh, Adventure or Conquer a King. Is taco a sandwich? Yeah. What about hot dog? Well, I, where do you stand? <sighs> I actually, you know what? I have a uh, stand up bit that I crafted last night <laughs> yeah. uh, around this complicated and edgy subject. A hot dog is a sandwich. Okay. And a taco? <sighs> A taco is not a sandwich. All right. So here, let me let me take a shot at my first stand-up career. So I, uh, again, you got to imagine I'm coming on stage. You know, they, they introduce me. Here, let's get some ambiance. Here we go. I got there. Hey, how are y'all doing today? Hey, how many of you think a hot dog is a sandwich? Yeah, this is the thing about all the... T- <laughs> This is an Atlanta crowd, clearly. You're all righty, righty. <laughs> Randy, you fucked me up, dude. My career's over. Boo, I'm in on that shit, too. Fucking stinkeroony. All right, I guess it wasn't meant to be. I'll have to take my name out of the bucket and kill Tony. It's clearly a horrible decision. Um, no, but here, so... Uh, my my argument... or. The conversation is stupid because I think it's really about culture, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, so somebody was like, well, if you go, my, I was always like, well, if you went up and ordered a hot dog and somebody handed you a taco, right? Yeah. That's, that's fucked. Actually, I set it up this way. You order a hot dog, they hand you a sandwich. Would you be upset or are you like, I get it? It's a different thing, uh, th- right? Th- th- I mean, yes, that's false advertising under that because we're, we're talking about essentially, you know, the genus. Of food classification. <laughs> I love talking about the genus. So uh, I did it all for the genus. So my bit would be you go up and you order a hot dog and the vendor hands you a taco and you go, what the hell is this? And he's like, what? They're both sandwiches. What? what, what this is a bit? <laughs> Dude, what? You didn't get it? <laughs> yeah, they're all sandwiches. Welcome to the overlay. If you're just tuning in. <laughs> Welcome to the Overlook Hour, episode 404. The crowd was just high. They were a little late. <laughs> it's a strong punchline. All right. Well, long story short, uh, go <laughs> Eagles. Dude, the game will be over by the time this airs. Yes. And so congratulations. By four days. Randy, do some Two editing. Uh, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, Clark's a millionaire now. Holy God. Oh. <laughs> the show's over. Episode 500,000. <laughs> Dude, if I win the million dollars today, this show's over. What, what, how would you win it? What did you bet on? The Super Bowl. I mean, okay, what was your bet? It was DraftKings, so it's it's a fantasy style. Oh, so you drafted it's, a? I drafted a lineup of six players. All right, go ahead. And there. each player has to if if each of my players accumulates the most amount of collected points, then uh, there we go. How much? How much you put down? Fifteen dollars. Oh. You there are 470,000 other people yeah. in the same bet. <laughs> okay. What if they have the same lineup? Then 
uh, you share that money. Oh, this is a scam. What do you mean it's a scam? This is some garbage. Everything's a scam and everything is garbage. <laughs> so, yes. Not my comedy career. See me on tour. I'll be in Atlanta. <laughs> you probably. But Randy won't be allowed in because he's a heckler. Hey, Shab's making 11. <laughs> What, Honestly, if what he, do you want? If he could figure out how to monetize that, like the hate, I feel like he could be doing pretty if well. If he was self-aware, then there he he'd hit a whole another level. Okay. Oh, we're in the weeds now, but uh, Brendan Shubb, his producer, recently was fired and has been going around. I believe today the event I'm looking forward to is he should be doing an AMA on Reddit. I really don't want to become a gossip <laughs> rag for podcasts. I don't even like or respect, dude. Well. I, I figured you'd be into this. He did put it out there that Brian Callen is just on the pay- payroll and he pays him 25 grand a month. To basically Shab pays, pays Callen. Yeah, that's what he said. To do the show? To sit there and put up with him. All right. I have to do a little <laughs> math here. All right. You're speaking about money. You're I know. I figured you'd be into that. Dude. While you're looking that up, I do want to plug. Okay. That- that's, that's, uh, that's 300K a year. To yeah. sit there yeah. and listen to a CTE <laughs> patient. Well, Thick Boy Network. You know, Randy tunes in every oh, week. Let me tell you something. I would love to do that for $300,000. Are you insane? You uh, probably can't insult him, though. <laughs> I've never watched Callan that. does? I, I like how you were gone for a week and now you're jumping in here. You know, we really need this feminine energy. This isn't yeah. a critique. I do mean this. This, this very feminine rattlesnake <laughs> energy. <laughs> I'm reading about the cube rule of food identification because an annoying amount of people talk about this sandwich taco bullshit. Oh, really? oh, yeah. oh my God. It's the new chicken and the egg. I regret <laughs> it. I, I really was looking for a platform to get my joke out there. It went horribly. <laughs> it crashed and burned. It was, I backfired right in my face. Because you didn't have confidence. I, well, you went in sheepishly. You know, <laughs> with your little pecker between your legs. I need to learn from Brendan Shaw and put you on the payroll. That's so right. I'm like, you fucking idiot. You need to be my hype man. For 25 I, I don't know how to fix the Randy problem. I can't mute him. If he's going to be booing me from the front row, I'm doomed. <laughs> Get off stage. <laughs> <laughs> that was a double burn. Do. Because he killed you with silence. Yep. Then, then the slam. Oh, it hurt. Um, I do. I do want to plug before we do our official time. You know, I'll just do it now. Today is February twelfth. It is Super Bowl, the game, the only one Clark turns into. But I do want to plug that we started a new tradition here at the Overlook Theater, that is our larger parent company, where we house the Overlook Hour. And uh, it's Orgy Tuesdays. <laughs> Come we've, on by. We've uh, committed to doing premieres for Blu-ray Tuesday on Thursday, which means on YouTube it will go up at 6 p.m. Uh, PST time or 9 if you're on the East Coast. And there's a live chat. So jump in there. Terrell's usually in there very nervous. And you can uh, poke fun of him. Randy, we need to get you in there so you can boo him live <laughs> and you can feel the venom of Terrell. But uh, he's it, doing live streams now. Well, it's not live because it's the tape show, but it's kind of like um, when you have a video going up. You oh, can, you're doing a chat. You can premiere it. So for that first one, yeah, people can be in I there. And communicate. I, I, I breathe YouTube. I know this shit. <laughs> That's what that smell is. All right. So, yeah, Minty. it is February 12th, Super Bowl, and uh, we can officially begin now. Also, David Lynch, you know. It's we're just joking here. We would totally bring him back if he weren't dead. Apparently he's dead. I haven't heard anything from him or his people. Him and Bella Lugosi. 
<laughs> Randy, have, have you heard anything on the David Lynch front? I haven't. No. Uh, yeah. This, I think just since his, uh, his boy died, he just has been radio silent. I wonder what the fuck he's doing. Radio Gaga. You think you, oh, don't you dare. <laughs> I, do you think he's still riding the weekend work train? I feel like he's missing it. That work train derailed brother. He's probably <laughs> in there working with paint and paper bags and rebar building a new friend. Or he's, he's on the, the little hand cart. <laughs> no, that's right. See, that conjures up a funny image. It is. There's no fun left. Yeah, because I always, when you think of that, what do you think of a movie? I think of a movie immediately. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Yeah. I didn't think of that, but I knew you did. So I just want to say it first. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm the Randy to your stand Also, bit. I 100% want to go watch Blazing Saddles right now. Um, explains a lot. Um, <laughs> before we do that, uh, we have the return of one of the best things the show has ever done. Too innocent. Are you ready? I can see in the reflection of your glasses that you're not. Yes, I'm ready. All right, I'm done stalling for you. The TBR Report. Hey, y'all. This week, I want to recommend a film I actually did some work on called Seekers, which is a German found footage film originally from 2016. I really should say minimal work because all I really did on this was the opening title graphics, which sort of just encompassed the whole notion of a group of filmmakers went missing after a geocaching treasure hunt ex expedition. But generally speaking, I really enjoyed it, especially the depths it went to in finding unique locations. So I hope y'all will. So I hope y'all <laughs> will enjoy it too. It's currently streaming for free on Tubi, U.S. All the best, Thomas Burke. P.S. I'm coming out to the festival. See y'all next month. Over and out, Thomas Burke. Two attachments, scan by G. Yeah, Unnamed Footage Festival 6. We're going to be out here in the Bay Area March 23rd through the 26th. It's all on the website. Just go look there. Also, I realized I probably should have set up what the segment is. This is where we reach out to our good friend Thomas Burke, film found footage film expert. And uh, we send him out all over the planet to find new and overlooked film. And he sends it back to me and I give it a look and I give you my highbrow opinion of it. And this week he sent me Seekers, which <laughs> kind of just feels like you want to plug a movie he worked on. But then he's like, I barely worked on it. Even worse. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. Seekers, uh, I'll tell you right now, if you haven't heard of it, it's probably because the mismarketing backfired. Ooh. The poster of it gives like I, if you look on IMDb, there's like a claw on the cover. It's very um, monster claw. forward marketing. Okay. That's not this movie. This is one of those true to form found footage horror. We have a lot of build up here um, and we are with the group doing something I don't really know a lot about that. I feel like I missed, which is geocaching. Yeah. Now, I remember in the early aughts, people talked a lot about this and I even remember horror movies kind of having it as a, a premise, but I never really looked into it. really understood. Cause I, it's a boring combination of words. Uh, uh, okay. That's fair. I also think it's kind of like, it seems like a boring activity to do. I'm too, what is it? Exactly. And you know, it's funny. I don't think I ever went that far with it where well, I'm like, I'm what? just being a good journalist. Well, here's the thing. It, you know, uh, there was some movie that was kind of like saw it was like a saw ripoff and it's like, Oh, all these Cube. people went to a geocache and uh, it turns out it was a, a warehouse that they got locked in. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, that seems like a bad idea to go to a digital 
pin on a map and then just hope to find something. So, you know, I looked into it and I actually went to a geocaching site called geocaching.com. And it kind of gives you, it, it's interesting because it, it says steps to begin your adventure. Ooh. One, create an account. So clearly this is the marketing Andy. here. Um, create an account online or through the geocaching app to view a map of caches near you. Two, find a geocache. Use the app to navigate to a geocache near you. Don't forget to bring a pen. Right? It's like, why would you bring a pen? Three, share your experience. Once you find the geocache, sign and date the logbook. Place the geocache back where you found it and log your experience. So I hate everything you just said. Well, here's the thing. This is the homogenization of something that clearly felt like something you shouldn't do. So I think the culture of geocaching would be like, hey, I'm Clark Little, surf photographer. I'm going out here in all these crazy rocky beaches and I left a geocache. But you don't actually say any of this shit. Or maybe you do. You blog it and you put a pin. And what people do is they'll go out there and basically the pin doesn't lead you directly to it. You have to find it. So maybe you have a waterproof container. You throw it out in the ocean or off a cliff and you tie it somewhere. Well, people will go to this pin and look for it. And then when they find it um, in seekers, what they do is they open it up and uh, the first geocache they go to actually has a rosary in it. And they're like, oh, cool. And one of them takes it and then they replace it with something important to them. And I'm like, this is kind of a cool little, like, I don't know, hiking event you could do. I imagine um, the locations probably don't have great internet service, so it's not going to be a great vlogging thing, which is a good excuse to have analog cameras. And I'm like, hey, this is kind of building out to be a good premise, which Seekers does. Uh, Most of this movie is just watching people doing the geocaching. If I had a complaint, it's that the people are played too realistically and we don't really learn anything about the characters. The locations are interesting. They backpack, they get on a train, they get on the weekend work train, and they drive out. I believe they're going to Poland mm-hmm. in this movie. They go out, they're hiking through woods, and they're hitting geocaches. We end up in an abandoned building, and it turns into a found footage horror film. It's straightforward. If you like directional lighting, exploring abandoned buildings, which don't look too abandoned in this movie, watch it. It's not bad. If you turn this on Tubi, I don't think you'd be totally disappointed unless the poster made you think that this was going to be a monster heavy horror film. It's not, but if you like the kind of um, the vibe of a more traditional found footage movie, I'd, I mean, check it out. Also, Tom did a great job with the interstitials in the beginning, which is, you know, an unsung art of found footage horror. Um, but yeah, geocaching. I, it's weird. I feel like it's over completely that whole phenomena, but I've just now looked into it because this movie kind of illustrated it in a way I've never seen before. I'm kind of inspired. I think we should take up geocaching. I can I can I be honest? I still have no idea what it is. So basically, <laughs> um, it's kind of like an online group. It's here's the idea. You want to do this thing outside of the normies uh peripherals. So what you would do is go to like uh kind of hard to get to hiking space and hide a thing. And then what you're kind of doing is humble bragging. <laughs> You're like, hey, I hid a thing here. Can you find it? And then other people who are into this try to find it. Oh, this is sociopathic. Well, it, you know, people who are into hiking, I always think, like, <sighs> couldn't you be doing other things? And at least this is kind of like a game element. I don't, I don't trust. I don't trust hikers. Well, you know, the, the thing that makes it so ripe for horror is like, oh, somebody's dared me to go to this remote location. I hope they don't kill me. Yeah. Which is this website I went to, geocaching.com. 
where they've basically said, hey, if you go through us, it's vetted and safe. Don't worry. And the pictures have like little kids in there where I'm like, this definitely feels like. So essentially, this is like uh, Adam Butcher's Internet story. Yeah, except the the suspense in the Internet story is we don't know who the guy is. We don't know where we're going. Like the 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 treasure at the end of the rainbow is a complete question mark. Yeah. Which is, you know, this isn't. Oh. Uh, like literally on here, they're like, "Hey, buy a container to hide your geocache in." Or, I don't know. I th- I'm kind of into it. Slime nerds. I think you would be terrified to do it. Honestly, correct. Like if we're like, "Hey, we're going to a geocache," I could imagine all the. What is this? I don't know what we're doing. Where are we going? Who? How do we know this is a thing? What if we get there and it's not? I just imagine all those questions coming. From these, uh, uh, Randy, are these not valid? <laughs> are these not valid questions? I don't know. I, I remember this being popular back in the day, like maybe when I was in community college and I, uh, I kind of looked into it then. I never did it, but I also think it was harder then because, uh, depending on, you know, what kind of cell phone you had, it like not everybody had like uh, yep. really great GPS. Like now it would be easy, but back in the day, I remember like people had to get like GPS, like, you know, like units, uh, to go do it. So it was a little like, there was a little more difficulty in like the geocaching. I feel back in the day. I, I also feel like it's kind of like a longitude latitude thing for nerds. Like you get to kind of look at the world in a different way. Is Pokemon Go a version of geocache? Not really, because they're randomly popping up everywhere. I guess you can make an argument, maybe, like because a gym is in a unique location. But the the idea, and I think the main premise here is that it's hidden. So it's like a global Easter egg hunt, maybe. Like these people travel from Germany to and Poland. Boy, is a colorblind man. Do I hate an Easter egg hunt? <laughs> you know that is that's a good point. That's how they found out I was colorblind. I you've told the story on yep. here, and uh, you know? again, I told the story where I crushed an Easter egg hunt so bad that they made me sit it out. <laughs> and so I think um, a tale of two boys. <laughs> Our journey with eggs on the next <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So again, um, it's on Tubi. If, you, if you're looking for a found footage movie, dude, check it out. And this is why the TBR segment had to be named after Thomas Burke. Look at how many fucking fingers he's got in all these found footage nice. movies. With, Thomas, uh, you're a, you're a, um, you're a historical landmark in the world of he's, world camera. He's the Roger Corman of found footage. <laughs> Very true. And if you're making a found footage film, and you need a little bit of help. Reach out. We'll put you in contact with Thomas Burke. That's right. Hey, and who are we? We're the fucking Barbados boys. <laughs> That's who we are. That's right. We won an award for him. Award-winning Barbados boys. All right. Well, welcome back, TBR. Oh, I should turn that on. This concludes the TBR report. This concludes the TBR report. All right. Randy Michael. Yes, sir. Pass the baton to you, and we pass the baton to you in earnest, hoping that you will lead us on a journey on a fruitful second half of this show. That okay. uh, is not only is not only provides uh, entertainment, knowledge, information, content to our listeners, <laughs> but we also do it. In a time, budget, manner. Because I got a lot of shit to do this afternoon. So, the floor is yours. 
Sure. Yeah. Uh, once again, early, early in the year, I, uh, have not seen a whole lot of movies this week. This is the uh, segment where I continue to say that I'm caught up with the last of us and it's still good. Randy, I just re-upped my HBO maximum subscription. Hopefully we'll be joining you soon on the last of us. Russell John, where are you and Oksana? Well, um, we just, uh, got an interview in the can with Chris LaMartina and he said he will not be watching The Last of Us, and I had to give him a high five digitally. That's a little tease, and I give you a real high five for a tease. I'm not high fiving. You're either. leaving me hanging? No, I'm going to hit the mic if I lean over. I'm going to leave my fucking hand up. Here, let me. This is what we're doing. There was the worst fucking you, high five. Your hands are so moist. They're clammy. Why are they so clammy? Well. I opened up this podcast with a, a nightmare of a minute. It was like I was touching a damp <laughs> cloth of tissue. Do you want to know? Human tissue, I mean. Yeah. Do you want to know what? Do you want to know why they're clammy? Sure. You know I no, do. I'll tell you after the episode. Oh, boo. Randy, <laughs> do another boo. I thought I had something I could make up there quickly. No, I'm, I'm uh, the clams, dude. I got sweaty palms. Always? Always hey, lubed. You got, you got hyperhidrosis? Is that a thing? Do you remember that show, Las Vegas? No. Randy, you know what I'm talking about? With Josh Dumail. He is the husband of the Fergie and Fergie Bucket. I remember the movie Last Vegas. <sighs> of oh my course. God. No, Las Vegas. It also had, uh, oh, who's the hot girl? Nikki Cox was in it. And James Caan. You don't remember Las Vegas? No. It was a huge, horrible show about James Caan running a casino in Las Vegas. And I'll never forget the episode of a guy who was a high roller. He was a whale at the casino, but he had hyperhidrosis. And so he he was sweating at all times. Even the palms of his hands would sweat. And so in order for him to be, feel comfortable, they had um, installed a poker table at the pool so he could be wet at all times and be more comfortable. Was a dolphin? What the fuck is a that? A whale. No. <laughs> Not a Brendan Fraser. That's what you call people with uh, oh money God. at the casino. Holy. I, that's what you call people who donate a lot online. Whales? Yeah. Or, or, you know, if you have a play to win game and they just spend a bunch of money, you call them whales. I also believe uh, the Chicago Cubs were the whales before they were the Cubs. Really? <laughs> yeah. The Chicago whales? Chicago whales! That may or may not be true. Uh, there's That's something definitely. There's something. There's something in there. I remember something. Nope. Definitely not. What's going on with my hand? I kind of like this. All right, Randy. What else? <laughs> yeah. Besides uh, keeping up with The Last of Us, I went to uh, Videodrome uh, once again this weekend. It's been a while, and I went to uh, to find no, some inspiration for things to watch because. Uh, Nothing, nothing looks uh, enticing on VOD. Uh, nothing, no good releases on the uh, streaming Word. services. So I browse the new release section and I find a film that has a uh, pretty cool cover called Medusa. It's a Brazilian film, I think, that came out last year. Oh, in Portuguese? Portuguese, yeah. Hell yeah. And they, uh, you know, read the back cover. I was like, all right, this sounds cool. It has some cool uh, looking cinematography, very neon, very Nicholas Winding Refn looking. So I checked that out. And then I also uh, checked Letterboxd and saw that uh, our good friend Robbie Smith uh, thought highly of this movie. So I was pretty, pretty excited to check it out. I'm going to read uh, part of the synopsis on uh, Music Box Films. 
who put it out uh, because the synopsis on IMDb is bad. <laughs> uh, so the synopsis is Mary and her friends broadcast their spiritual devotion through pastel pinks and catchy evangelical songs uh, about purity and perfection. But underneath it, they harbor a deep rage. Uh, by day, they hide, they hide behind their manufactured facade. And by night, they form a masked vigilante girl gang prowling the streets uh, in search of sinners who have deviated from the rightful path. And there's more to that, but I think that that's a good setup without like ruining too much of the, the movie. So it's a rom-com. <laughs> yeah, it's like part fantasy, part uh, maybe a little bit of sci-fi and a little bit of horror. Uh, like I said, it's very like visually inspired by like Nicholas Winding Refn. There's a lot of, uh, as I mentioned in the synopsis, uh, there's a lot of songs, like karaoke uh, type of thing, which kind of reminded me of uh, Only God Forgives. And it opens with this scene of a uh, girl doing like a dance, but she's like, looks like she's possessed. She's kind of doing like a, the exorcist thing, like walking on the back of her, like backwards uh, on like all fours. Um, oh, so the um, Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie style. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of really, really cool imagery in this movie. Um, I, th- I think it's dealing with a lot of ideas uh, for a movie. It's dealing with a lot of like sort of like Christian, uh, you know, hypocrisies and stuff and kind of like the men in the situation that they're in that are kind of like perpetuating a lot of the situations, but they're also like violent at the same time. Like they go on the streets with like masks on and they like, like I said, look for sinners and like attack them uh, essentially. Um, so it's it's doing a whole lot and it's uh, a little long. It's like a little over two hours. Ooh. And um, there's a like I said, there's a lot of interesting stuff in it. But for me, it felt like there was like three or four different times where I thought the movie was about to end, and then it like kept going on. Um, so I don't, it it's like a Solid three and a half for me. I would definitely recommend it. I honestly think Russell would like it a lot. I don't know if you watched the trailer on uh, IMDb, but I think you would dig it. I, I was. I was getting some heavy girl boss energy, and I'm very into that. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, <laughs> one, uh, the, there's one character, the character Mary or Mari. Um, she's like the protagonist, I guess. So she's kind of the one that... Uh, is a little bit of an outsider and the one that you kind of follow like to sort of, uh, sort of be like the audience surrogate who's the one that kind of like, you know, eventually like tries to like escape the situation of like this like fundamentalist, like Christian thing. Um, she's very good as well. Uh, a lot of, yeah, really, really great stuff. Uh, she's really good uh, as an actor too, but yeah, I don't know. I wish it was just a little more like, uh, a little more focused for me. I think, a lot of people will dig it, but yeah, for me, it was just a little, a little too long. And I felt like it just kept feeling like it was going to end. Like there was a lot of like really great moments that I thought the movie would have been like awesome to end on. And then there was like another scene that like, I felt like didn't add a ton. Um, but yeah, overall it's, it's cool. Uh, and you watched it because you rented it. Is it available streaming anywhere? I don't know. It's probably available on like VOD to rent. Um, I just happened to rent it on Blu-ray just because I was at uh, Videodrome and looking for stuff to look cool. And uh, yeah, I haven't checked the uh, availability. Tight. I definitely want to watch that. The trailer did look really good. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of cool cinematography. 
Randy, what's the uh, what's the rental prices uh, going on in the, in the market in Atlanta in 2023 for physical copies? Uh, five bucks, not bad. Oh, per night? Uh, no. So the new releases are like two days, I think, and it's only five bucks. Um, a lot of times, if you're not renting a super hot commodity, they'll extend you to a week. So he extended my rental to a week. And uh, yeah, it's only five bucks. And it looks like it's on Amazon Prime right now, streaming. Sure. So I'm oh, in. Cool. Yep. Hell yeah. Randy, how, yeah. how far is this location from your uh, domestic uh, residence? Uh, it's like five miles. Not too bad. Uh, is Jim, would Jim Randy ever uh, do a walk of that? A 10 mile radius to rent a movie? Probably not. No, I used to walk there. I was about two miles away in my uh, old apartment and I would walk there frequently. That's a nice, that's a nice walk. Yeah, there Great walk. Well, you'll, <laughs> the hard walk. Walk hard. Randy, anything else? No, uh, I'm probably going to try and watch some sort of a movie during the big game tonight. I might rewatch Babylon. I got, should I give it one go? I think so. Yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about it a lot and part of the score has been stuck in my head lately, so. I might rewatch it or I might go see 84 Brady because I don't care about football. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get some revenge oh. silence out there for Randy. <laughs> I, just, I just really wanted to take in the, his delivery of 80 for Brady. <laughs> and some 80-year-olds. God, the first time I saw that trailer. Also, they got Jane Fonda fucking making out with a 60-year-old in that trailer. Oh, I'm in. I'm also in. 80 for Brady, five stars. All right, uh, much like uh, Randy Michael Staten over there in Atlanta, Georgia, I only have one movie, and uh, Russell pretty much already walked you through the blow-by-blow of what... Uh, we didn't get it. We was that off microphone? We were recording. Uh, uh, what I said was when Clark... It, we Believe it or not, we do have a pre-show meeting where uh, we pass out the script, this whole show scripted, and Clark mentioned that his one film was going to be called The Offering. And I said, oh, I don't know what that movie is, but it sounds like you were in bed pretty high thinking, fuck, I have to watch something for this show. And you put on any streaming service and you went, there it is. And you just committed. That's exactly what happened. What streaming? Did you go shutter? I went straight uh, video on demand rental uh, through Apple, through information tunes. Yes. Information tunes. iTunes. Is that what the I stands for? I have no idea. You just blew my. I was like, wait a minute. I have no information idea. pod. I'm just. I'm just making the assumption here. I thought I was our chief uh, nerd uh, is currently in the restroom. So when he gets back, he may know this information. He was like, it's Clark's turn in bail. True. Yeah, as we all know that uh, Steve Jobs is Randy's uh, hero. Yeah, he's wearing a turtleneck. Right Always, now. never not seen Randy in a turtleneck. <laughs> no, you mentioned about this show having a script. And briefly, I just want to talk about um, this was a hoax that was done, but people, of course, thought it was real. And I just want to let you know some of the conspiracy theories there are about the National Football League. And one conspiracy theory is, is that uh, people believe that the NFL is run like professional wrestling and there's a script and uh. the players <laughs> stick to the script. And former NFL running back Arian Foster went on a Barstool's podcast 
and they talked about having a script. It was a joke. It was played for a bit, but recontextualized. People have recut that and sent it out, and it's like a thing. Dude, what? Yeah. We, we Can you find that? That's super interesting. I yeah. love that. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I mean, fuck it. Lean into the conspiracy theory. Yeah, Why not? It was a whole thing. So, Also, you know, what a weird theory. Just because of all the CTE and terrible things that come out of, you know, the the market that is sports entertainment. It's like, wait, we script it and then you get brain damage and like kill your family. Yeah. Or like, is that in the script? <laughs> it was like, if that just a byproduct of good TV. I, I don't know. You, you got to turn me on to this. I haven't heard about it and I like it. Well, I know your need. To, I, I'm trying to get you out of the Brendan uh, Schaub hurricane that you. I can't help it. I, I love taking. I don't know, brother. You're going out a deep hole, and it's, I'm trying to. I'm trying to pull Brendan. you out. It's not just him. Uh, it's just I love hearing people's thoughts on, like, you know, I don't know, art because podcast is such a a solo experience for me. I like watching films with people, but when I listen to a podcast, I'm the only one hearing it. Yeah. So you know, hearing other people react to things or pull out moments is fun because I'm like. Oh, I was thinking that too. Oksana, is he dragging you into all this uh, Brendan Shop stuff? Um, I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Big goofy child. He's like six, with six and a half feet tall. Or oh, something. dude! But he's like a big toddler. She, dummy. She laughs at Brendan Shop. Like a lot of the time, you know, these videos <laughs> will just set up a moment. But like when Brendan starts talking, she'll just start dying. Like she's way meaner than I am. I'd rather watch Confirmed. him than Cobra. That's just hate. Also, Cobra, again. No, that's people, common sense. For people who listen <laughs> to this podcast for a long time, you might wonder, like, Gothic King Cobra, what happened? It used to be a thing I talked about every week. It's sad. His community, I think he has 50,000 subscribers now. It's very large. They all are trolls. They just hate him. And back in the day when I would talk to um, he Zach. He Well, you know, I'd hang out with Zach Carter. We would He would text me, and we would l- watch the streams together and talk about Cobra. Again, he's been a guest on the show. Love you, Zach. He, that those days are gone because part of it would be like you root for the guy, but when he does bad things, you tell him, "Cobra, what the fuck, man?" Now he is a full blown alcoholic. He actually was arrested. He's online, like battling with people. He's drinking full bottles. He made oh my god, they're ninety nine on the wall. He made a drink combo where he bought twenty different dollar shots, poured them all, all different kinds of liquor. Mm. Poured them into a glass. Then he mixed that with the liqueur. Then he put Clark. You know how at 7-Eleven you can get those like spicy hot dog things that come pre-packed? The big ones. <laughs> they're not, but they're like, um, it's like salami, but it's also like a hot dog and it's pickled and it's hot. Yeah. Put one of those in there as his garnish. And the liqueur he put in there was a kind of like, um, uh, what do you make? Um, Bailey's. Mm-hmm. Like it was a cream based one. Yep. So it started curdling. And then he 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 drank a little bit, and you could tell he's like he's not enjoying it. And then he put in the pickled hot dog with heat, and uh, he was like, "It made it better." And he's oh my god, dude, it's it's not fun. Actually, hearing me say and that, also again, hearing this fun. story is not fun <laughs> as well. Okay, as we're sorry. all saddened. Okay, sorry. Well, I don't know how that story is going to help or hurt <laughs> what my movie is about. Uh, which is about a bunch of Hasidic Jews and a uh, old Jewish demon. Yeah. Well, as Cobra would say, "Fuck your sky god." There you go. 
Sky God is pretty good. I know it is a good name. <laughs> I like that. Uh, a family struggling with loss find themselves at the mercy of an ancient demon trying to destroy them from the inside. A tale as old as time, dude. This is The Offering from director Oliver Park. Uh, yeah, like I said, this is the story of a, a girl. Cent- centered around a funeral home <laughs> uh, run and operated uh, by... Um, Hasidic Jews and centered around this is a body who comes in of a man who killed himself. He stabbed himself. This was a uh, revered man of the community and the person handling the body. Uh, this was a friend of theirs. So they, you know, a lot of respect uh, for that. But um, there was some tomfoolery uh, with this gentleman as he was trying to conjure uh, his dead wife. Uh, from beyond the grave and in order to do so he summoned a demon and that demon was known as the child sucker the sucker of children (laughs) he summoned epstein dude he summoned jeffrey and jess lane she's dead yes that's right (laughs) (laughs) this is is alternate universe (laughs) um so uh yeah so what we're dealing with here at the core is we got we got a little bit of a ghost story okay we got some ghost children we also got some demon action some cg demons uh, a little bit of a goat face situation um all cg okay so that's what you need to know up top very cg territory which is it is what it is that's fine okay does it have here's my thing ghost you know that ghost movies they're on the back end of interest for me okay it's right right in front of vampires you know (laughs) i you have you kind of turned but you can have more fun with vampires now oh it's it's, when did this develop the ghost no this is i think modern vampires helped me in that regard what movie changed your opinion you know that i love true blood Okay. Okay. Vampires are horny. Okay. <laughs> that helps. Ghosts are not horny outside of Hollow Man, and he wasn't a ghost. Tell that to Kesha. That is very true. Yeah. That is very true. But I don't know, man. Ghost movies are it's a hard sell for me. Um, and then also I am I am squeamish with demons in general. <laughs> uh just because, you know, my 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 Christian roots. Uh, even though my Christianity is in remission, as I say, because that's a cute little thing I like to say. A cancer, get it? I'm just looking at you stone-faced, and I'm just still I'm smiling. digging in. Randy gets it because we fought those same battles, didn't we, brother? Amen, brother. God is I good. Know. And both of you watched movies that critique on religion. Yeah, because we hit, we've we've actually lived a life, not like a, you've been a heathen your whole life. I've been to a church. And you didn't ball burn in flames. <laughs> Were you being possessed right there? I told you, my mom all the time used to say, I should have made you go to church more. That's where you went wrong. That's where I went right. All right. <laughs> what, are, what are y'all going to do with a uh, cliffy boy? Oh, he's going, he's going to Bible camp immediately. Well, if I may uh, watch the offering, there's a, there's a path for cliff there. You know, get the curls, the hat, the whole thing. 
Actually, you know, it's funny is Oksana did go to a Bible camp. Yeah. So did I. And now I hate, I don't hate religion, but I have no interest in it. That's interesting. Interesting. Moral network. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thursday. Oh, yeah. Thursday's episode. Okay. The offering. That's what you got here. All right. See, we got ghost children. (sighs) Ghost children. Jump scares. I'm going to be honest with you. That first act, it was a little rough. It was a little slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, tension building. Look, man, this this movie has a budget. Strong. Not really sure who the producer is, but um, this movie looks good. Everything production-wise is what it needs to be. Nobody's making mista- basic mistakes. There's Again, I talk about cutting corners all the time. No real cutting corners here. Cool. They just choose to go the CG route. Oh, uh, okay. I it, That's just a choice there. Um, and I'll be honest, like the, it works, uh, to varying degrees of success. I didn't hate, um, you know, that, that stuff. That wasn't the problem with the movie for me. The problem was that it just, I never really got on the same wavelength. Um, until the the third act. (laughs) There's certain, there's one aspect of the story that hooked me in, and that is the the sacrificial side of things. In order to, and, and it's a tale as old as time. Anytime you gotta, you gotta get rid of a demon. Someone has to die. That's how this <laughs> happens. So I thought that you know they did a very good job with that because uh, the lead, um, I like him. He's kind of like a he. In the face, he kind of looks like a James Ransom type, <laughs> you know? So imagine that. He's got, you know, he's got the big eyes, and he just look right into your soul. Um, he was good. But it's just I didn't really relate. I couldn't really get in the whole way through. And because it just also, I, I, I honestly wanted a, a centered more around the uh, funeral uh, home. I was just going to say, you're like, I can't relate, but I'm looking at the trailer right now on IMDb and I'm like, it looks like there's a mortuary. Well, you know, I, I want to go more into the, the operational side of things uh, with that, but it, it's like just them paying taxes. <laughs> they it's just uses set dressing more than anything. Well, it, it did look quality though. It looked like the autopsy Again, of Jane Doe. Like it sure. looked well lit. And, for sure. Yeah. No, I, I'm not, I'm not, not recommending this. Also, uh, it looks sure. like they were trimming a Hasidic Jew's beard. There's some good scares in here. And I saw a gem. You know, I love a gemstone. Mm-hmm. Oh, righteous gemstones. Uh, so that's an amulet. Oh, okay. So you've got the amulet. You've got your, your pentagrams. You got your demons. It's checking all the boxes. Let's open a hot topic. That's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In the back of the store. At a dildo, it's a Spencer's. It's a Spencer's. <laughs> had a couple dildos and bongs. That's all you need. Had a hot dog. It's a deli. That's Jason. a callback to my fantastic bit earlier in the show. Go ahead, rewind, and listen Ooh. to it again. Randy's going to cut <laughs> all of that out. Also, the main actor's last name is Blood. Dude. Ooh. What? Yeah. Wait. Nick Blood. Nick Blood. Dude. Randy, doesn't he look like a uh, James Ransom? 
I guess. I'm not really picturing James Ransom. Oh, my Okay, God. hold on. Now, in... Um, well, that's why you're not a casting agent. Here's right? another tease for our upcoming interview, but I didn't bring it up. Chris LaMartina, uh, his film, uh, what is it? Something Scary Will Happen? I have the DVD. What happens under- next will scare you. What happens next will scare you. He uh, has a fictional vlogger in there named Drew Blood. Ooh. And I'm like, how has nobody ever used that before? Uh, well, our, you know, Daryl Blood. Yeah, but Drew Blood? Dude, I'm like, it. it oh, I get it. Yeah. It's Drew Blood. Randy Drew Blood. Yeah. See, exactly. I'm like, dude. Because he's duh. the straight edge ninja. Oh, my God. Callback. <laughs> yeah. All right. How many crime? Also, you know, your complaints with this film seem like the traditional tropes of a ghost story where two acts are build up and then the third act you're either on board with the reveal or you're not and that kind of will make the movie work or not and it feels like you had the regular experience with a paranormal film yeah it's just you know really you got to measure it by are there interesting characters did they do other things other than the ghost ghosts are boring but but the whole hasidic jew and like mortuary seems like you would be into that yeah, but, you know, the CG demon, the black okay. smoke is like, you yeah. know, it's like, ah. Uh, that can uh, fucking tank a movie. It's, uh, it can be a little rough. And unless you're Koji Shirashi or M. Night Shyamalan, you're trying to make a broader commentary on uh, very aggressive CGI affecting us as the audience, you're just ruining the immersion. <laughs> that's what I always say. Had this compared to the vigil, that's what it made me think of with the trailer. I barely remember the vigil. <laughs> I remember liking the vigil, but I, I think, I think you know, there are similar things. Um, Religion. No, it no, it's a ghost, just, a demon, and a baker. You know what it is? It's either it's either you need to be really, 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 really weird or interesting, or cut something with levity. You gotta have. I need. I need one of those two things along with your other bullshit. You need to pepper in something else with me. Okay. What was? What is the movie? I'm. No, I know you. you I need. Share a I brain. need something else. The one that had a great Necronomicon and actually had like a scary ghost. Oh, in. anything for Jackson. Yeah, I knew That's you. It's a would great know one. It. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, but you're right. It does. It does walk that tightrope of uh, a good ghost movie and funny. You. That's yeah. it. It's like I need it's very I need, genre. I need something to send it over the top for me to remember. Otherwise, it's that was the thing with the vigil. Very well done, very well executed, but nothing really stood out to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, with that. And that's just unfortunately how my brain works. Now, uh also I got a sneaky pick in here too, dude. No sneaky we're making, pick. We're making good time. Hold on. Okay. Also, I had to pee, and I'm holding that in, but I'm being a big boy. So Wait, hold on. I can hold my pee. So while you were talking and saying, like, sneaky pick and Easter egg shit, I looked up the director. and Never he did- once said Easter egg. <laughs> Never <laughs> once said Easter egg. Okay. Well, you know, play it back, Randy. We, we have the proof. Um, the director made another film that's available on Amazon Prime called A Night of Horror, Nightmare Radio. Mm-hmm. It's an anthology film that takes place. It sounds like... Um, uh, what's that? What's the fucking movie we all love? Where there's no visuals of anything happening outside of the radio place, uh, but it's all done in a radio studio. God, we we all love. Oh my god, look it up, producer. Night? Uh, no. Oh no, you talked about that one though, right? Yeah, that movie's good. Wait, I think we watched. It doesn't all take place in just the radio no. station. That was the only thing I could think that of. Had Amblin vibes. Yeah, Pontypool. Yeah. 
And um, I never saw Pontypool. Oh, you never watched it? No. Okay, then. I thought you were talking about Oliver Stone's Talk Radio with Eric Bogosian. You know what? I'm reading a little bit about this. This is clearly just an anthology horror film that's filmed. Watch Pontypool. No. Why? Because people have been telling me to watch Pontypool, and I like to differ from people. I get it. <laughs> I I totally. When people are like, you're going to love this, you go in with an attitude of like, I'll watch, I'm going to show them I'm not going to love this. More like Ponty drool. What's up? I don't think I've seen it either. All right, we should watch it. I heard it was shit. That's why I call it Ponty Stool. All right, I'm building out an Amazon Prime <laughs> list, a Night of Horror, Nightmare Radio I'll be checking out, and Medusa. Oblongato. <laughs> All right, what's your sneaky pick? Sneaky pick is Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Do you know? All right, I will give you, I'll give you, $10 if you can tell me what number Mission Impossible Rogue Nation is, Russell Fisher. Um, five, four, six. three. Incorrect, it's number five. All right, go ahead and say the title again. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. You goddamn got it right. <laughs> oh, can we this is this the, This is the first one that Christopher McQuarrie did. Okay. No way. Yes. Dude, Christopher this, fucking McQuarrie? Christopher goddamn McQuarrie, okay? <laughs> and this is where the Mission Impossible franchise jumps the chart. It takes us in the direction, okay? Because it's all about the syndicate. <laughs> it's all we me. care about is the all syndicate. Right. And now that's what, what the new movie comes out this year. Syndicate, baby. What, Fallout, what? we thought the syndicate, no, the syndicate lives. All about the syndicate. Is that like John Wick, like with the table? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So these are all like. Uh, we're, it's a we're, we're sort of a it's shadow government Illuminati shit. Okay, tight. Yeah. So why don't we just do Mission Impossible: The Hunt for Q? We're kind <laughs> of getting in that territory. Naturally, we're not. Maybe I feel we like, are. I feel like Q doesn't have enough tech to really go up against the Q Mission is Impossible not techy. Yeah, they run out of the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, Dave Batista, actually, our last episode we had a Filipino double feature. Right. We need to have Dave, but dude, did Dave Batista join Mission Impossible? Oh, oh, it'd be the best. Yeah, he he's, you know, I heard that he had gone out and said that he's done doing schlocky movies. He only wants to do serious roles, like now. Shyamalan. I know, and I'm like, dude, don't say shit like that. Come on, man. I love him. He's great, but don't put down schlocky movies. It's where we live. Also, it gave him a career. I, fucking pro wrestling gave him a career. That's also That's true. not an actor's rule. But again, I never care for him as a wrestler. I was boring. <laughs> He's a great actor. I, I don't like cheering for the dudes in thongs. Unless they have a loincloth and furs on them. But why do you hate John Cena? I don't. You don't? I hate, well, I mean the... <laughs> boo, 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 boo. I don't like that shit. I don't like the like, uh, like I'm a white guy and him I like Him being rap. diplomatic? Him trying to keep his money? That's what he's doing. Oh my God. I, I appreciate him as an athlete, but I also don't like him bowing to the Chinese communist government. Everyone has a mortgage. <laughs> this is how the world works. <laughs> Whatever. You've got to do it. Live, make your money, John Cena. Shit, <laughs> shit. Are you um, done? You got another sneaky pick? I just want to say that I, that I think this is like the eighth time I've watched... Uh, Rogation. Oh I, 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 it's, it's, it's up there top two for Mission Impossible. Man, I mean, it's really good. It's very good. Also, your girl's in it, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, from oh. Doctor Sleep. 
She's my girl. You like you like you were like, she's I love her. Don't say that shit to <laughs> Oksana. I think Michelle Rodriguez is his girl. Michelle Rodriguez. I, I used to in uh, high she, school. She looks like a man on that D&D You know, poster. what the yeah, fuck is this? She butchy as hell. I just like women who know what they want. And if That's I, back first. She kicking all kind of ass in here. Okay. She saves Ethan Hunt's life. Tweet, tweet, tweet times. <laughs> tweet times? <laughs> so, okay. You know, y'all are mean to my girl, <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez, just because she's in a, a Walter Hill movie where she plays uh, a, man. A, a man who's forced to become trans. You know, I don't need Terrell in the fucking, in the hallway no. of a movie theater going up to the new Dungeon and Dragons poster going, hey, your girl's in here. This bitch looks like a man. He's just yelling it in the fucking... <laughs> I'm like, my God, no, y'all. I, uh, mark this down. I will come to your defense here. There is an inherent sexiness to her. There's no question. All right. Are you coming out on the show? <laughs> is that what's happening? No, she's sexy. I'll tell you, you got to back off of it. I did a long time what, ago. What, Rodriguez? Yes. No, it's fine. She's pretty. She's fine. And I like to get bullied. Uh, here's my proof. Got the, got back the, on the show. She got the raspy voice. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell them how mean you are to me off mic. I'm never mean. See, she's keeping up her uh, persona on this show, but that's why I get it in now. That's why I make the jokes now, because when we leave here, that's where I'm, I'm covering up the bruises. There is plenty of record on this show. <laughs> By the way, this show is recorded. Yeah, I know. So there is plenty of evidence to showing that Oksana can be mean. False. Don't type. It was an AI. She edits them out of the YouTube videos. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson. I don't know. She. I'm looking at pictures. I don't know who she is. She was in the the, the, the movie. Oh, oh okay. Sleep. The movie. The one she wears all the hats. Yeah, she wears <laughs> all the hats and she flies. She's got a hat and a hat. Clark tells me that's not good. Oh, hat on a hat. Oh, she was the one with the hat and the the coat. Yes. <laughs> you were like, I, I love her. Oh, I do like the hat. You know why? You're missing the fucking reason I liked her. She was channeling Janis Joplin. Whom I love. I love that kind of hippie witch vibe. Thank you very much. Hippie witch. Can y'all pay attention to me, please? All right, it's my turn. It is your turn. All right. And make it quick because daddy's got to pee. Also, I hope you can pay attention to the fact that I've referred to it as Super Bowl many a time, hoping to bait you into yelling at me. Does that not bother you? You want some uh, Super Bowl background music? No. (laughs) You just called it Super Bowl. That's a thing, right? Instead of calling it the Super Bowl. The big Super game. Bowl. Oh, my God. I give up. All right. Are you going to play some dumb music or can I start now? Oh, you can start. All right. God. How long is this build up? Are Go. We, are we going to get copyright for this shit? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, there's no video for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're not yet. All right. Get this shit out of here. I watched a movie, you know, betting music. Here's the thing. I don't want betting music. I need, I need to be able to think about what I'm going to say. I know. I went and saw a movie. You know, I love, you know, we we joke a lot on this show. The script calls for it, but I really listen to you two. (laughs) And you guys say a lot of interesting things. Like Randy always says, I love a Jenna Malone. Whenever she takes a role, it's because it's an interesting movie. And I'm like, dude, you know what? You're right. So, I, we hit up Terrell. We re- rescheduled the seven o'clock show, <laughs> went to a later show. I said, dude, Jenna Malone's going to be in this movie. It's fantastic. And of course, I'm talking about the smash hit 
that debuted in theaters and is now on Shutter called Consecration. After the alleged suicide of her priest brother, Grace travels to a remote Scottish convent where he fell to his death. <laughs> Distrusting the church's account, she uncovers murder, sacrilege, and a disturbing truth about herself. The way he said priest brother was funny. Jenna <laughs> Malone. Her priest brother? Oh my God. This movie, y'all would fucking hate it. I saw you rated it two stars. Mm-hmm. I was not a fan. I saw that you called her Margot Robbie in the review, too. Did I? <laughs> I'm Idiota. sorry, you're supposed to edit these things. Idiota. I thought I just didn't realize she was in the movie. Oh Good God. God. When the blind <laughs> is editing the blind. Oh, Sonny, you're a producer. You're going to make me look like a fool on here. Randy, he heckled me in my stand-up <laughs> earlier, and now he's calling me on my actress. See, and then you want me to remember some hippie bitch from a sequel to a classic film. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jenna Malone, a no bueno. You know, if they had an award at the Oscars for worst wig, she would win three for this movie. <laughs> Holy shit. But here's the thing. This movie had money. Uh, it looked like it. Yeah. And he, this is the problem. And this is why, Jenna, I know you're a regular listener. And honestly, you're, you make up our whole female audience. So I really don't want to lose you. I was just joking. The thing is, the failure here is on the director. And it's, it's really weird. Like when you think about how collaborative film is, directors kind of get a lot of the praise when maybe they don't deserve it. And they're just kind of doing what a director should do and is capturing the movie. But this one, dude, it's fallen on you, Christopher Smith. I'm looking directly at you. The? The Christopher Smith. Um, I don't know what happened, man, but everything was here. Now, my experience with this movie, it's first time show. Again, it's they're doing the Netflix thing where they do like limited theatrical and then it goes right on streaming. And honestly, it was kind of pumped. I, I like a non-sploitation and I was looking forward to it. Um, we get in there. We open up with a... Uh, Actually, we open up with something I don't like, which is a stay tuned. Don't worry. This is going to happen. A nun at some point in this movie will show up with a pistol and point it at Jenna Malone. And it's Margot like, Robbie. yeah, Margot Robbie. My bad. Can you fix that in editing round? You know, why did I say Margot Robbie? I don't know. Who the fuck is Margot Robbie? She's the Babylon Joker. Uh, and she's going to be in Barbie. She is like the biggest star on the planet. I, I really don't like her face. She's good. <laughs> you also may be the only person on the planet who says that. I don't. You know what it is? I really like Harley Quinn, and I didn't need her to be portrayed by a human woman. So <laughs> AIs are advanced. Why do we have to hire an actress? Anyway, just saying. Um, God, I can't believe I said it with Margot Robbie in there. <laughs> the words of Russell Fisher. Dude. I think we were doing a bit in the review, so I just liked it. <laughs> no you know what it was is i feel um i've basically skipped a chunk of the films i've watched even though i have them backlogged for, yeah. uh, so i was laying in bed at like 1 30 a.m and i'm like god i should review this movie while it's fresh because i could feel my brain rejecting it like you don't need to hold <laughs> on to this so and i'm like i just need to get it out there anyway we start the movie. We have that. Hey, at the end of the movie, this is going to happen. Stay tuned. And then we cut to the shining helicopter cam, which, you know, every goddamn movie has to do now yep. where we're looking directly down yet in this movie. I sat there and I'm looking at it. The, the um, drone. I mean, who we can, it's a drone wasn't moving. It was a stationary drone. The road was curvy 
And the car started from the far top right corner of the frame and it drove to the uh, bottom left. And I was like, you know what? That's a, that's a pretty cool shot. And I'm like, I, I haven't seen anybody kind of put any life into this shit. And then we moved to a location. It's a cool location. Uh, set design is great. Margot, Ro- Margot Robbie's wig. Awful. Um, but other than that, I'm like, hey, this movie, it's working. And then goddamn the script. No bueno. Also, Christopher Smith is a part of the script problem, too. But the directing, you know, sometimes when you have like a pretty actress and you've seen her in other movies and you're like, this girl's pretty and she's a good actress. And then for some reason, she's just not working in the film. This one is very clear. It's just the way it was directed. There's a lot of like A24 potential here, like a lot of like surreal imagery, a lot of cool locations. They're just filmed wrong. And it's it's strange to think that like, you're like, dude, I feel like if the camera angle is different, you could have really breathed some like life into this. Also, we're doing um the name of the rose here where it's like a murder mystery in a, uh, what would you call it when the Vatican owns a part of property in another country? It's almost like you're a foreigner in your own land, which time is like, shares. <laughs> time share. <laughs> no, but it's an inter again for all my Umberto echo fans out there. We're doing the cool thing. Actually, have you ever seen that movie, Clark? What? The Name of the Rose? With, with uh, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis? Sean Connery. Oh, what am I thinking? He's about? doing a, it's like a detective movie, but it takes place in like a monastery. No. Dude, you would dig that movie. All right. A very thick, highbrow book. You uh, had me at thick. <laughs> thick Boy Network. Thick Boy Nation. Um, the, no, it, you know, it's one of those books that's so heavy, you call it literature. Yeah. But we're, we're kind of doing that here. There's a bunch of potential. It just, man, the directing makes this movie fall flat. And when I say that wig is bad, it is so fucking distracting. And then we have a flashback. Now, here's really sticking to your gun. Now, are you saying this because you are a, a drag connoisseur and you know a good wig? No. Be- well, I was sitting next to Terrell, um, whom I love, who could not get past it. He was just like, oh, that wig. And he kept. What was the me. problem with the wig? It looked terrible. It looked synthetic. Oksana's a woman. I know that you can intuit more things in this nature opposed to uh, Russell and his cave-like man critique. <laughs> so what's going on with the hair? It, I mean, it did just look really dry and like straw. It looked like it was made Jason. out of plastic. Yeah. Bad. Well, at one point she takes something off of her head. I can't see again, as we speak, my mind is trashing all of this information, but it was either like a hat or like a habit or she pulled like a, she did something. And her hair just like lingered like it was fake. <laughs> and it's like, well, why is this happening in the movie? Anyway, there's a flashback to her younger self. Just as bad wig. You're like, dude, I laughed out loud. Honestly, again, I'd like to apologize to the Century 20 that we saw this in. Uh, the movie had such a hard time keeping our attention that a popcorn fight broke out in the row I was in. It was it's a little embarrassing. Um, you're 57 years old. The most interesting part of it was that, uh, the East Bay cinematographer group that joined us, one of them crumpled up their sandwich tinfoil and threw it at me. Uh, they missed and hit Oksana who was asleep at the time. So I grabbed the tinfoil and I threw it back and I pegged Josh, the other East Bay cinematographer right between the eyes. Now he was being a little baby already because we were throwing popcorn. He was like, Oh, you're getting butter stains on my pants. Uh, those were clearly cum stains. He took it, threw it back at me, hit Terrell in the head. 
So Terrell took a handful of popcorn and threw it at him, at which point he got so mad he stood up and shook out in the aisle. That was the best part of the movie. Five stars. <laughs> and again, I do apologize. I I felt it. I felt like a teenager. I'm like, we shouldn't be doing this. We're adults. I've cleaned up shit like this. I apologize. Now, Russell, I I, I, I have to do my due diligence here and, and play the role of devil's advocate. So oh, no. uh, the only case that I have here, um, because I have not seen this movie and uh, <laughs> chances are <laughs> I will not see this movie, but not even with Margot Robbie starring, not even with the famous Margot Robbie and uh, Danny Houston also in this movie. Um, son of John Houston. I was going to pitch that to you because you, you seem like a Danny Houston fan. I, who doesn't love Danny Houston? Hey, what is he big from? He's one of those character actors that you know him immediately. He's but, been around forever. But from what? He's in succession. I spent the movie trying to exactly. remember what I remembered him from. Uh, his top movies listed on IMDb are The Constant Gardener, The Aviator, 21 Grams, and The Proposition. None of those nope. for you guys, I would say. Uh-uh. All right. Let me see. Um... Something here <laughs> pretty quickly. Uh, ba, ba, I think I nailed it. It was the number 23. Yeah, he, she kept saying he's from the number 23. I'm like, he was in, He was in Hitchcock. <laughs> what? From 2012. I didn't watch Stop that one. You didn't watch that one? No, everybody hated it. Yeah, it was not that great. I do have posters of it, though. I believe one is in our basement. Oh, yes, of course. He was in X-Men Origins Wolverine. I didn't watch that either. He was in the same 30 Days of Night. I did watch that. That's where I remember him. And the hey, number 23. He's got a good Ben Templesmith Children face. Of men. Shout out to Ben Templesmith. Oh, yes, of course. Benny T. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, yes. So my only argument here. What is our is our is our buddy now? Even though we probably will never talk to him again, uh, Billy Brent. Yeah. Now you know with him, he's a guy. His movies fall in this exact category mm -hmm. of what this movie is, and that's mall horror. Now is this PG thirteen or is this R? Ooh, let me because it's it's it's, it's, it's not that it matters a ton. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it's still part of the conversation. Um, and that you know. He opened our eyes to a lot of the inner workings of the studio system and that he's like, hey, guys, I'm an indie dude. Like my movies, I've just been able to work the system here a little bit. And there are certain things that are outside of my control. Yeah. And so he he opened up and was willing to. Do, do you think that there's a similar thread here with Christopher Smith or, well, you know, because you're 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 throwing a lot on his feet right here. I think that. Um, I first off, good job. I do think that is a fair way to look at this, and I think the the power of a Billy Brent is that while in the William Brent Bell's who we're talking yeah. about uh, from the boy, yeah, and what, what, uh, what Orphan the, Orphan Two. One of you producers look up when we had him on, so that we could plug that. But um, I think the power of a director like that is when you're given the parameters in which your career is set, you use your talent and your skill to kind of break out. And kind of highlight things. And you can do that all through directing, even as a hired gun, which I think Billy Brent does. He just gets a lot of flack for the movies he's making. Yeah. And I think the difference here is all of the collaborative puzzle pieces were on the table. We just had a dude putting them in wrong. They did. He didn't capture people like he made um, Margot Robbie look ugly. 
Which, how do you do that? Yeah. Right? He turned a Jenna Malone into a Margot Robbie. It's so confusing. It was a lot of the framing. I, I don't know. I'd be super curious. I, there's in no reality could Randy sit through this movie, even though he does like Jenna Malone. Um, this is the most like uninspired, low studio level kind of like horror movie. What's Danny Houston's involvement? Um, he plays a good role. He is a um, uh, important member of the church, which all this shit is happening on. He's also where the nuns are kind of hostile to uh, to Jenna, like when she shows up. He's a good white collar villain. He's the one that's smiling to you, but like trying to get rid of you behind the oh, scenes. Yeah. And you get that vibe immediately. Well, he's good at that. It's um, a lot of subtle body language acting, yeah. which he's he's fantastic. Well, he's, his, he was good. His daddy was a master. Again, his no. sister. I think the editing, Houston's. the framing, they just don't portray emotion very well. And it, it ends up like making the film, which is the worst thing a film can be, boring. Yeah. You think Danny Houston could do this show? Uh, maybe. <laughs> have a good time with it. He looks like a dude that would play ball. He'd play ball. Yeah. Uh, did you find out what he knows? He knows where the bodies are buried. We had Billy Brent on? 365. Oh, wow. Three, that was 40 episodes ago. That was almost one year ago, dude. Damn. Man, time flies. When you're having fun. It was in August. Oh, Augusto. All right. Well, you know, I feel like I was extra mean on this movie. Uh, you were. It's just boring, man. And that's the thing I can't fuck with. Make yeah. a weird, make a Tiffany the doll and I'll be your fucking cheerleader. Robert the but doll. just do something. Yeah, Robert the doll's a little bit tougher to cheer for, but. We had a good time. Yeah, but there's five more of those movies. I know. <laughs> also, I think Tiffany the doll, you would dig. That movie's fucking yeah. love it. Um, Consecration, I don't recommend it, man. Oh, if it, if you're really hard up, no, you know, fuck it, don't watch it. I'm just gonna say, don't watch it just unless you're really hard up for some fucking uh, Margot Robbie. <laughs> then go check it out. Randy has to complete the <laughs> the Jenna Malone uh, circuit. Yeah, you know that, Randy. I was lamenting for you because Jenna's wow. not doing bad. She's not bad in this movie. She's just captured poorly. It's the director's yeah. fault. Um, now, genre film. I'm you sorry, know what? <laughs> genre. When we, um, like Clark was talking about a ghost story earlier, there are tropes. And if you watch a lot of them, it's kind of like anything. Like when I riff on comic book movies, you just get kind of used to the timbre and you got to mix it up a little bit, do something different. And that's good genre storytelling. I think when you can breathe life into like a genre like ghost stories, you you got it. You can have a good career in there. The movie I'm about to talk about um, did that in fucking aces, dude. I don't know if you heard about it. If you checked out Blu-ray Tuesday last week, Terrell has been championing this film. It is The Reading. Follows Emma as she writes a book in order to cope with a deadly home invasion and how a new terror will be unleashed after per reading performed in her home. Sorry, I stumbled over that. Oksana is uh, pushing past me to go get our baby. Monique! So, don't get ahead of me. This is a BET Plus original. It's the only way you can watch it is get BET streaming. It's very easy. Go on Amazon Prime and uh, do the free trial for a week. I promise you, it's worth it. You buried the lead here. What? It's Lee Daniels. What? Lee Daniels presents the read. This is Lee Daniels, bro. Oh, I didn't even see that up there. Damn. You know, here's the thing. When um, I was hanging out with Terrell, 
he was so worried that I was going to hate this movie, but he loved it. And he was like, I want you to watch it, but I think you're going to say the acting's bad and you're going to hate it. And I'm like, why would I say that? And he was like, you know, Monique, I'm like, I do. I didn't, I still haven't seen precious, but I know that kind of like, she's turned the Academy her award winner. Exactly. And, um, I vaguely remember her standup career. Which I, now I wanted to ask you, Monique is a standup. Is she somebody that you like enjoyed or didn't really have a good? No, I mean, she had a good set about hot dogs. Oh shit. We got to get her on the show. No, I mean, I, I, I did grow up, uh, you know, watching, um, you know, BET comedy and stuff, but I don't remember Monique a bunch. Yeah. I think it's time to revisit it. Yeah. I'm curious because, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, so the reading now, even in that synopsis that I stumbled over, what we have here is the movie. It opens up, uh, Monique comes home to her family. Uh, they're living in a mansion. She's got a white husband. I only say that because it's slightly important to the story. Uh, she's got two kids. And it's like a perfect nuclear family situation. She goes in the kitchen. She's making dinner. And nobody hears it because she's got Siri blasting music or Alexa, whatever whatever your jam is. And uh, four dudes break into their house. And we get a little montage of them murdering everybody in the family. Now, it's not a story. It's not a spoiler because it happens immediately in this film. Including Monique? Well, Monique gets beaten, like closed fist, beaten. And she pulls through. And we cut, there's a little bit of a time lapse and she's doing, she showed up on like a Maury kind of show, like daytime TV. And she's talking about how she's coped with the tragedy by releasing her book. It's a story of, you know, how she's been doing. And to help promote book sales, her agent, who is uh, her now deceased husband's sister, hires a group of uh it's basically a medium and her crew and they show up and they're going to do a reading with her and this is to you know engage in the internet and help the book sales and that's a hell of a genre like that's how you make a genre film now at this point in the movie shit takes a turn and i highly recommend if you're interested in it just go check it out um and you know what? I'll leave it there. But I kind of would like to get into spoilers here. But Clark, you look so excited about this film that I'm kind of iffy on it. No, I mean, I, I, he, you know what the problem is? What? Accessing this is, I feel like, would be a chore. So unless yeah. this was placed in front of my feet. Okay. Well, let, let me talk about it because I really want to talk about- This sad reality of life. So this movie, I think what Terrell was worried about when he was like, oh, you're going to think it's bad. Is this movie's rough. It's rough around the edges. And I think. Um, what do you mean by that? You, you, you mean you production. mean not. Pro oh, production. So, so there's a couple of moments. I like, thought you meant in terms of like material. So when the medium and her crew show up. Um, also, I should give a little context with them. Uh, the medium is tired of doing this. And mainly because they're running a scam. Her crew will find people that have some money. They'll charge them for the reading. But then the thing is, the girl might actually be a psychic and she can gain some information that turns people into true believers. And then she'll tack on at the end. Oh, and you know, your dead boy, Jimmy really wants you to donate 10 grand to us. And that's kind of been their grift. And this time Monique offers up a, a or Emma in the film offers up a big opportunity because she's wealthy. 
So they're like, hey, this could be the final one. We'll go there. We'll get like a hundred grand out of her and then we'll just call it quits. Like we'll be done. And um, at this point, she's had some pretty gnarly encounters with reaching beyond. So she's not into it. Except when she goes home, we've got a little bit of a precious situation where her mom, who is hilariously mean to her, says, get the fuck out of here. I got to pay bills. And uh, we uh, get to hear her playing with the John. And it is heartbreaking and beautiful. You want to talk about good directing? Uh, Courtney Glade? Randy, how do you say that name? Are you looking at it right now? No. Okay. <laughs> I think it's Courtney Glade. Fantastic work. Also, writing, too. Man, this movie... See, this is what I love. I love it when the talent and the skill is there. But maybe the production end, like how to make things glossy and kind of sell you. You know, you're selling the sizzle, not the steak. Yeah. When you're not good at that, man, I love that. Yeah. Because you still got... Like, the meat is what I'm here for. For sure. And this is all that. There's a moment where the crew is out on the street about to go in the mansion. And there's a frame where it almost looks like it was digitally corrected, but it didn't hit the whole frame. Like mm -hmm. there's a corner. It's so, it's so like alarming. You're just like, what happened here? And how did it make it to like streaming? Like nobody corrected that. Hey, that is not a knock from me. I love that kind of shit because they, they had their heart in the right place. So again, this one's a little rough, but it's beautiful. And um, if you're not sold on it, I do want to talk about why I love the genre storytelling here. So spoilers, We'll see you next week. Uh, we have an interview coming up. Have fun with that. But I'm going to spoil it now. So the thing that I love that's giving me goosebumps right now is I love it when you get layers, when you have like a complicated story and what should be a pretty much easy, like, oh, this is a drama about a girl whose family was murdered by a home invasion group. Well, what happens is when um, Emma sits down with the psychic, the psychic's getting like a lot of strong readings here. And it, she goes into the kids' rooms and she's having a hard time. And she's like, this is fucked up. Like, we shouldn't be taking advantage of this lady when her family was murdered. Like, who the, what the fuck are we doing? So they sit down, they have a reading. And the last time she did a reading, she was, she was kind of getting lost in it. And this time, it seems like she completely blacks out. She starts saying some weird shit. And the, the sister-in-law sitting next to Monique and is just like, the fuck is this fake shit? Like kind of. So Emma and Monique leave after this weird, like she's going like your favorite color is green. Oh, and she'll start singing a song. And Emma's just like, what? How? And she's like, I have to stop. So her and the sister-in-law go into the next room and she's like, what's going on here? Like, how does she know this shit? And the sister-in-law's like, well, I just told her a couple of things. Like I thought it'd be good for the video. She's like, honestly, I don't think I told her like most of this though. So they go back out. And she's still channeling. She's speaking in tongues, getting weird. And, and at a certain point, Emma, she's like, nope, this, this is done. And uh, she gets up and she goes over. And mind you, because of the home invasion, she's installed high-tech equipment to protect her home. There's cameras everywhere, locks on the doors, bulletproof windows. And I know um, if you're a Saw fan like Clark, this may have been a red flag that uh, this isn't a protection method. This is a trap. So she engages everything and comes back to the table and she sits down and the, the psychic comes back and is just kind of scared. And she's like, go ahead, tell him. And she's like, and everyone's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, go ahead, tell him what you learned. And it's like, Oh, Emma killed her family. And it's like, Oh shit. So here we have a real psychic and a slasher who Monique 
the turn here, she starts channeling like kind of like the highs of Freddy Krueger where she's just at one point she does the one, two Freddy's coming for you, but she's like one, two Emma's coming for you. She changes the whole rhyme. She has a, she has a pistol and a knife and she's rubbing them together, which you can tell she improved it. It is so weird, but it's so good. She's the most charismatic weird slasher who's completely driven by like greed. She's murdered her children. Dude, this role is so good. I highly recommend it. It's a bummer that it's going to be buried on BET plus. Yeah. Because Jasadi was here and he was like, BET ain't black entertainment. It's owned by white people. Like black people don't actually watch this shit. And to be fair, the representation of black people in this movie is very whitewashed. Like, I don't know if that's a PC term we can use anymore, but it's very like nuclear family kind of propaganda. Um, Doesn't Ted Turner own BET? Maybe. I mean, I wouldn't be. Apparently. Okay. Yeah. So it, those vibes like you're not really getting that that um it doesn't feel very tiffany the doll like unfiltered kind of culture except for monique she's just going for it she yells out shit that is like it's comical she's funny and the tone of the movie up until this point is not funny and it kind of it can walk it can it can teeter there it like it goes back to being serious there's a chase scene if you're into post-dream slasher shit also i should say i i did mention that the movie feels like rough and kind of indie the cinematography is very cinematic, though. There are moments in this movie where you're like, dude, this looks like a legit movie. It's just like a little bit of the production end. I can't recommend this thing enough. You and- you telling me that doesn't that doesn't uh, cause me to not watch this. Well, the fear would be that you get like Lifetime or Hallmark kind of TV movie vibe where it's just like a different camera setup and it's like the camera doesn't. Here's move. the thing. And this is the smartest part of this movie. Monique, dude, and you get both. You get the she best of both worlds. She is a performer, dude. But you get the like drama acting in the beginning where she's like my family, and it's like, dude, I felt bad for. Look, her. say what you will about Precious, whatever. I, I you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, she's incredible in that. She won an Academy. I mean, like you know, say what you will about the Oscars. The bitch did good, dude. Like she knows what she's doing. Now, like, I mean, come on, man. Like you. You have an Academy Award winning actor in your tiny little BED produced thing, right? Is yeah. it, it they just produced it for the streaming channel? Is that how this I'm works? I'm guessing, yeah. Yeah. Dude. What was the budget you think? Oh my God. Well, I'm on IMDb it, right now. It went Maybe. to her. Like this seems like this is centered around her. It feels remember uh Ma, don't make me drink alone. I, I liked Ma. Me by too. The way. Well, imagine if Ma was less a um Ah, that movie's kind of a look at like bullying and it kind of takes like a social spot in like high school. Imagine if you just threw that out and it's just a genre movie. Like our goal here is to be entertaining. There was, there was a high ceiling with Ma that I don't think was uh, materialized. I think that was only for you because it was in Mississippi. Well, Tate <laughs> Taylor did it. Yeah. Dude, that, Ma's good. I don't No, Octavia Spencer's again Academy Award winning actor. Yeah. Like, you know, man, dude, there was more fun to be had with Ma. Ma was good. Yeah, I don't see a budget on here. It doesn't feel like it was huge though. And again, I doubt it. You got it. Just tune in for Monique. She's so good. Like the fucking Freddy song. You you know the Freddy song, sure. right? Where the girls jumping rope and they're like, one, two, yeah. Freddy. Dude, her five six line is Five, six, Emma gonna stay rich. <laughs> it's uh-huh. so, dude, 
But the thing is, it doesn't take you out of the movie. I don't know. I fucking loved it. Um, it's fantastic. Go get the free trial of BET Plus. Boom. There you go. New sponsor of the Overlook Hour. <laughs> BET Plus. Dude, I would love that Ted Turner money. That'd be great. All right. Uh, I have to go urinate and go cheer for the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Uh, the only reason why I'm cheering for the Philadelphia Eagles is not because I, I care for Philadelphia. No, I think their fan base are a deplorable bunch of troglodytes um, that are oh, wow. ruining the culture. <laughs> uh, but uh, two former Southern Miss players are playing on the roster of the Philadelphia Eagles. Therefore, that is where my alliance lies. So, go birds. Randy, uh, final thoughts before we throw it to Thursday's episode with the aforementioned Christopher La Martina. Russell, what did you think of that episode? I thought it was good, but I thought it was a little inside baseball. So if you don't like found footage horror, just remove us from your podcaster. Also, you probably did a while ago. <laughs> Randy, take us home. That's it. Yeah. Enjoy Thursday and uh, go buy tickets to the uh, unnamed footage festival. I'm going to do their plug for them, even though I have no involvement and probably will not be at the festival. But yeah, go check that out. And also check me out at opinions.bandcamp.com. I'm going to put a uh, new song up there this week. And check me out never. And catch me outside. We'll see you next week. Oh my God. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater. Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.